Welcome to Box Up Banter, where free agency has finally hit about an hour ago. And uh, we had the NBA draft earlier this week. Uh, I'm Chris Okamura, Jordan Christmas. What's going on, Jordan? It's going, man. Um, like I was telling you before we got on, or before we started recording, it just seems like, I mean, it's not. It's a shorter offseason than what we expect. Like, it's really sneaking up on you. Like, in a few weeks, next week, I, well, actually, no, tomorrow, um, Summer League is going to start here at the Golden One Center here in Sacramento. Unfortunately, I will not be cov- covering that, the consequences of having an overnight shift. Um, but Summer League is around the corner, then training camp, and we're going to do the season again. We had two NBA champions in a, cal- in a calendar year, which is pretty crazy. But uh, I guess basketball never sleeps. As the yeah, we're going to have three seasons. Goes. We're going to have three seasons in what would usually be a season and a half. Feels yep. like. Yep, pretty wild. But uh, you had some draft, had some free agency, already deals so, flying. I do want to start with the draft. The The deals are flying, and I don't want to get through those because those are going to keep flying. Like, I feel like we're going to talk about something, and then it's going to completely change and shift because something's happening. Mm-hmm. So let's give that some time because still, there's still some stuff flying around. Um, Woj and Shams are going off and popping off today. Um, yeah, this is this but, is their game seven today. So yeah, so let's start with the draft first. Uh, how do you feel about the draft? What are your takeaways from the draft? Um, so the top three were. So <laughs> I think it's funny that Woj just completely flexed on everybody and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna spoil the number." Well, we all knew who the number one pick. We was, all knew who the number one pick, but was. like. We already started spoiling draft picks at 8 a.m. in the morning, <laughs> like the morning of the draft. <laughs> like, but um, I did I did a video on this on my uh, Sly Hooper YouTube channel. But I mean, I had three immediate winners coming out of this draft. I thought I thought the Raptors taking Scotty Barnes really threw things for a loop, and it kind of serendipitously it helped out the Magic, and I think the Magic, um kind of won this draft for the first time in a while like the last few years it's been like okay what what oversized wing are they going to take that is is a toolsy guy but doesn't ever pan out or which project big are they going to take they finally they obviously they got Cole Anthony last year they were able to trade for RJ Hampton last year but I think getting Jalen Suggs for the magic was Mm -hmm. fantastic um I actually think I th- I would I love Jalen Green too, but I would put both Suggs and Green kind of like in that same star tier, and I would put Mobley obviously Mobley and Cade with in, Kate. yeah in a in a different tier. But those to me were like the top four. I just think Suggs, he's a winning player, and I know that's an adage that is kind of like vague and gets thrown out all the time. But I mean, the dude plays his ass off on the other end. We've seen the spectacular plays he made in the tournament. I mean, we all remember that one sequence he had where he had the block and then the full court transition pass. Um, yeah. And, it, like, the dude just – he wins. He's athletic. He has I, – I see flashes, even though his shot can get wonky when he's off movement off the dribble. I see flashes of his pull-up game. Like, I – I think he's in a perfect spot in Orlando where he could just claim minutes right away. And then getting Franz Wagner, um, Wagner, 
was a yeah. huge for the Magic too. Just somebody who's a smart player, a smart off-ball player, um, can really pair with. Hopefully, maybe Jonathan Isaac could stay healthy this time around. Um, I like what the Magic have brewing there. And then the other two teams I thought won, the to me, the drafts I like the most. I don't want to say winners and losers because it's too early. Sure, really, it's way too early. But really, when we say winners and losers, it's really what drafts we liked and didn't like based on our thoughts on players. So I thought the Hornets won, um, getting a book night to kind I of— I love book night. With, with LaMelo? Yeah, getting, getting LaMelo book, a running yeah. mate? getting book night oh. with LaMelo. And then I think Kai Jones can just play immediately if, unless they trade for Miles Turner or sign Rashawn Holmes in free agency. I think he could play immediately because he's already better than Biombo and Cody Zeller. And the Hornets desperately needed a center or somebody at the center spot. That they could traded for some, someone. They, yeah, Kai, it was Kai Jones. The Knicks, That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Knicks traded their 19th pick to the Hornets, which ended up being Kai Jones. Um so I thought they won there as well. And then I thought the Rockets uh, also won the draft. Yeah, so I want to start – so the Rockets are the direction I was heading. The I'm going to start negative. I'm going to, I'm going to turn around. I, I think that taking Green over Mobley is a huge mistake. I thought that was a massive blunder on their part. Again, it speaks more to how much I love Mobley yeah. rather than how I much agree, I don't I like Green. You. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I think, I think Mobley is just such a um, – special talent i just thought it was a huge mistake passing him up but then they turn around they get sangoon who i love i don't know how you feel about i mean obviously take having a having a sort of non-athletic uh post big is not the sexy pick but i i love what he brings to the table i think he's a great passing big stats in that league is pretty impressive that's like the third best league in the world i think or considered the best league yeah and you know i i think that he is I think he's special. I think he's long. I think he can defend. I think he's smart. I think he can. He's a he's a good playmaker for a big. And again, I think having that post presence, especially for a team that, you know, has some some uh, weaknesses inside with you know Christian Wood defensively and and maybe not being able to get some easy baskets and stuff like that and having to play a little faster. I think that having a guy that you can slow it down and give it to in the half court is pretty important. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I love I love that pickup from them, and then you add in Josh Crisper and uh, Garuba. They, they got Garuba, yeah, yeah. And so like you know these are all guys that I think fit, and I think that I I love what they did here. Somebody compared a uh, Josh Christopher to, uh, they like I saw somebody on Twitter compare Josh Christopher to Lance Stevenson, and I think that's kind of a it's apt based on what I've seen, at least like just yeah. somebody who's six, five is compact and can, you know, he could score a little bit, handle the ball, but also defend on the other end. Yeah. I don't think he has the grittiness that Lance does, but I obviously Lance didn't have it coming <laughs> the in. The craziness Lance, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like, just like the hard nose kind of guy. Like, yeah, yeah. You I know, get what you mean. Yeah, he's it. not that, but he has the body type. He, uh, he reminds me more of a this is this is a name like a Michael Petrus. Oh, oh wow, that's a that's throwing that's a, bringing it back to the good old magic days. Because <laughs> I always I always I always felt that Michael Petrus was a more uh, controlled Lance Stevenson. Yeah, like he, he's not gonna that. he's not gonna he's not gonna carry your team or he's not gonna have stretches where like I don't think I don't know if you remember like. Pacers, Lance, even, even Lakers, Lance, even they have they have these runs where like he'll have these runs where he'll go through and like 
really explode offensively. Mm-hmm. Where I don't I don't think Peters ever had that. I don't think he had the mentality or like the the grit to go ahead and do that. He was more of a but defender I, and a three and D guy that could a three and D guy, yeah, drive with physicality. Those two, those two back-to-back conference final Pacer teams. I thought that was like the most. That was like ideal. Lance Stevenson. What was it? Twelve. Absolutely. Twelve, five, and five. Defense. Yeah, he. Yeah, he was a little. He was a little crazy. Out of control. And out of control. But you kind of need that on a team that you know. Yes. With the temperament that they, I thought that team was just nasty and full of badasses like David West. Lance Stevenson. Yeah. Obviously, Paul George and Roy Hibbert. They all. Their that defense was nasty but uh yeah i like i i really liked what the rockets did considering that um they gave up their next two draft picks to okc they kind of had to uh you know take a lot of young players um we'll go into it later with free agency but i'm looking at some of the free agency signings they've done i'm gonna be watching a lot of rockets games next year at the very least they're still gonna suck but at the very least they're going to be entertaining i'm just interested to see what happens with kevin porter jr now uh, because uh, Jalen Green is obviously going to be taking the two-guard spot, and then John Wall's already kind of established there. And so after getting all the minutes last year, after getting traded, or um, yeah, after getting traded to Houston, is Kevin Porter going to be willing to go back to the bench after, um, you know, going on scoring binges and stuff like that? But uh, the Rockets definitely, I really like what the Rockets did in this draft. But um, the Magic and the Hornets too, they just... They they were um, I thought those three teams killed their uh, respective drafts. Um, I did not like the uh, one. I don't understand the Spurs pick, and it's not even an indictment against Josh Primo, but I don't understand why you couldn't just move back because there were obviously teams trying to get like Duarte and other players in that. 12 to 15 range and you could have just sold that sold off that pick moved back a bit get some assets and then draft primo because nobody really even had him like in their top 20 or anything like that so i thought that really surprised me and then for the warriors draft i don't hate the picks themselves i just hate that they made the picks because (laughs) that just means that you're really if if one of these three guys if one of Wiseman, Moody or Kaminga doesn't turn into like a starter level contributor like immediately let alone be a star or a superstar in the next 2 to 3 years it's organizational mal- malpractice like you cannot Steph Curry's 33 and by all accounts he's going to sign that extension the 4 year 215 million smackaroo extension and you didn't trade those picks or at least one of those picks to get an established veteran or something like that. Like something's gotta, something's gotta pop for the Warriors immediately with these draft picks or else we're going to be looking at them sideways. So I, I didn't like, those were the two drafts that, that I did not like, but for different reasons. Yeah, no, totally with you. Uh, they did Side draft note, my, they did draft your draft your boy Kaminga though. He did, and I like it. <laughs> I called it too. I was like Kaminga and, and Franz Wagner. But Fran Franz went too early. Yeah. Franz went too early for them to get to get Franz. I uh, also I also thought 
I mean, I didn't think it was good nor bad. I just thought it was weird that the Kings took Davion Mitchell. Um, I, they they have a they have a water a, a, a log dam, dam here at log dam. It I couldn't fucking think of log dam. Like they have <laughs> That's what I'm here a for. Dam wood log yeah. So they they have this log jam at guard, and they draft another one. Yeah, in the top ten. They already have Terrence Davis, or they're gonna bring back Terrence Davis. Presumably, they have Buddy Heald. Uh, they have Halliburton, uh, Deer and so, Fox. Okay, to obviously. be to be on to be honest, if if even if they were gonna take a guard here, it would make more in my mind. It makes more sense for them to take Book Knight than Davion Mitchell. I Is kinda, that me? I kind of understood. That's the thing. Why I don't. I'm not leaning one way or the other because, like, I understand why they took Mitchell because the Kings were one of laughably one of the worst defensive teams last year, right? But I, to yeah. me, their to me their defense on the perimeter was more needed at the wings than the guards. But I'm sure Mitchell yeah, can guard had... one through. He could guard one ones and twos, even though he's six. Well, feet, I mean, but the, I just didn't Z- get it. Zaire Zaire Williams came next. Yeah, he's right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even, even, I, even I someone really... like a even someone like a Jalen Johnson too. Could yeah, help. but I mean, also like. You you couldn't hurt to have multiple ball handlers. I get. I just I don't know. We'll see how it works. We'll see what the <laughs> following moves are. I mean, I like the player. I like Davion Mitchell a lot, but I don't know if Sacramento's necessarily the best place you, for him. It didn't even sound like he worked think, out for the Kings either. He wasn't even. He wouldn't even think, admit it. <laughs> do you think they were hoping Kaminga would fall? Because I see Kaminga fitting really well with them. Um. I don't know if, if they wanted to if they wanted to play fast because like when you have deer and fox you gotta play fast right like yeah. if you want to play fast a guy a wing like kaminga that it, it just fits right kaminga would have kaminga definitely would have made some sense um it didn't sound like scotty barnes was gonna fall any anywhere past six no. with the way he was rising up in the draft although probably like three weeks ago you could have mocked scotty barnes to the kings um yeah you could have i they get definitely could have went in a lot of different directions but uh i did not expect him to draft mitchell that's for sure um there were a few other there were a few other i like i low-key like what the clippers did just i think anytime jerry west sights um has his sight set on some players and just, someone yeah. yeah and he's and he trades up i have to you know perk my ears up i mean look at terrence man etc like look at the history of players that jerry west has like sought out i mean yeah the dude the dude uh famously was basketball jesus yeah he He knows famously threatened to quit the warriors job if they had traded kevin love for clay or they had traded clay thompson for kevin love and lo and behold they kept clay thompson so um i do i am also interested one more i am interested to see how the Hawks picks work out because Sharif Cooper just seemed like it. That was like, you know how like NBA draft nerds in the draft nerd community, they, they fall in love with one player who's like, who could be who they think is a late first round pick, but is actually going to go into the second round. Sharif Cooper seemed like one of those guys and he fell all the way to the Hawks at 48. I was hoping he would keep falling to the Sixers at 50 um, but then they also got um, Jalen Johnson from Duke, and he had some weird, he had some w- weird things going on at Duke. He dropped, he didn't drop out, but he left. Um, 
sure was pandemic related, but there was probably other stuff there too. But uh, the Hawks did get a backup point guard, and um, they also and uh, they did get a backup point guard, and they took a flyer on someone who's athletic because they're also going to have to start paying some of these guys soon. Like Cam Reddish is already in his third year. Um, DeAndre Hunter is going to be in his third year. Like these guys are going to be coming up to get paid soon, so you got to keep replenishing the uh, the coffers, so to speak. Yeah. And I'm I'm rooting for Quentin Grimes too, uh, for uh, the New York Knicks, former number one prospect. What was it three years ago? Back at twi- I think it was three three years ago or two years ago. He was like a number one or a number two prospect in the country. Went to Kansas, flamed out, and then rehabilitated his you know draft stock and you know changed the way he played in Houston. And uh, is kind of showing flashes of the player he used to be. So I'm rooting for the kid. Hell yeah. Uh, so I'm super jazzed right now. Kind of off topic. Uh, Did you just see the, the Trevor Ariza news? Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, and Dwight Howard. Oh, so they all okay? So they all uh, <laughs> they're all got, going back. You got home. you got a bunch. You got a bunch more following of the Ariza. Uh, signing okay well uh should we just transition to free agency <laughs> uh yeah i guess so the yeah the lakers are going hard on these on these vet mittens yeah um, um i think trevor, so Re- like... trevor reese has been washed for like three seasons now so yeah i mean he's gonna help in terms of like he's gonna help in terms of like you know he's gonna spot up a few times and take passes from lebron but like wayne ellington's the inter- interesting one to me uh because uh which who reported the wayne ellington deal uh it's either shams or Woj. uh let's see here uh chris haynes okay so uh the wayne ellington one's interesting because he shot a high percentage on threes with high volume dwight howard i mean you know my I know you're Dwight with Dwight Howard. I am, but hey, he's glad he's, he's not. better than he's he's better than what we saw from the end of Andre Drummond last year. So I mean, yeah, he's better than Andre Drummond, but he's not. If Dwight Howard's playing in the playoffs, that's that's going to be a problem. That's fair. Unless you're I don't think asking was... him to play ten minutes against Nikola Jokic and to beat the shit out of him. But uh, I mean, that was the plan. He did he did his job. But uh, yeah. Um, the late. I, I don't know. Well, I do know how I feel about the Russell Westbrook trade. I think it's terrible. Um, but I do get having three great players on a roster. I just don't think Russell Westbrook is a guy you can win a championship with anymore at this stage in his career. Um, so he, I, I he, tend to agree with you. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I do see the benefits of having a guy like Russell Westbrook on our season-wise, team. season-wise, sure. I to me it was just a thing of I, I don't know how many Laker games you watch but the Laker game Lakers were watch a lot of them they're on TV all the time <laughs> that's true that they, they are notorious slow starters always yeah and so like having a guy like Russell Westbrook to bring the energy consistently and to be able to like you know rev the boat a little bit I think is really yeah, get, important and really critical for them. He'll get a few rebounds and take off and all that stuff. He'll do his yeah. Russell Westbrook things. And I again, I don't. I think that, but like you know, there's rumors that 
Buddy Heald's still in play, and like there's a lot of reasons why I think this is. I think I'm I'm leaning towards the Buddy Heald thing's going to happen. Mm. Um, but you know I think that Buddy Heald, if if you had to choose one or the other, Buddy Heald was the more traditional fit and the one the fit that made the most sense. But I don't think Russell Westbrook is as negative as a lot of people are painting it. I don't think it's as positive as people are thinking. I think it's he is. I think he is just an upgraded Dennis Schroeder, which might be an insult to 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 Russell Westbrook. I was gonna say that also doesn't sound like a high endorsement either. A, it is not a high upgraded Dennis Schroeder. No, but see, like to me, to me, it's an upgraded Dennis Schroeder with some consistency. I think he's way more consistent than Dennis. And so, like the thing was last year is like, look, we were winning when Dennis was healthy and consistent. We were the best team in the NBA. So if he can be healthy and consistent and even a little better, I don't see the reason why that can't be the case here. Look, when you have a when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they're gonna be we're gonna be a top team in the NBA to begin with. Again, health health for for going. I'm not gonna talk about health at, at this point, but you know, all healthy, I think that we are still a top team in the NBA. And it doesn't really matter when you have like I think Westbrook just brings a lot to the table in terms of energy and and um, sort of like the the swag going on with your team. I think that's a little. I think it's helpful. I just think the flaws of Westbrook are the exact things that don't work with LeBron. Like he hasn't played defense for five years. He for all the effort he gives, he makes some wild ass decisions on that end of the floor, especially yes. in, crunch t- in crunch time, and. He doesn't spot up well. He's not a good shooter. He won't ever cut unless they like specifically design plays for him to cut. Like he's just a, especially at this stage in his career where his shooting is also just going away. Like, and he was already not a great shooter to begin with. I just, I, the for this to work, Anthony Davis has to pull up his big boy pants and play the center because there's no way you could start even a Marcus All. There's no way you could start like Marcus All or say, or I mean Drummond's not coming back, but like say Andre Drummond or Dwight Howard starting there. Yeah, like I do. Anthony I Davis do has like... to. Anthony Davis and LeBron have to scale down or scale up position or no scale down scale down positions or scale up scale up yeah scale scale up Anthony Davis at the five and LeBron at the four for well that's what they were discussing I don't know if you read I don't know if you read uh, the LA Times article that came out a couple days ago it was sort of detailing the conversations I think I guess Russ uh, AD and LeBron had had dinner with Dudley the four of them had dinner uh, two weeks ago and had like a discussion. And out of that discussion came that LeBron and AD are going to play the four or five, um, and then Russ is going to give up the ball more and not shoot as much. And like this Shit, is sort of I like, hope so. <laughs> yeah. So like these are like I guess these discussions have already been had, as you can probably assume. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how that goes out. I think that I I have an insane amount of faith in LeBron at this point of just like making shit work. Um, but you know I I think that yeah if. If at if at worst Russ is a upgraded Dennis Schroeder, which again I think I can pretty confidently say is a ninety percent accuracy, I think that's on the low end. If he's just a better Dennis Schroeder that's healthy, I think that's still a, a team that's good enough to win a championship. I don't think it makes us the favorite or makes us sort of a uh, overwhel. I don't think it makes us a, you know this overwhelming super team. I mean, you guys I, have you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You're going to yeah. be a contender. I just don't you're going to be a contender. Say- I just don't. 
I just I don't think Westbrook's the best fit, but at the same time, I don't think he's the I worst. I just think either. personally, I would have taken the Buddy Heel trade and kept the asset, like kept the pick so you can like maybe make another move down the road cuz now you guys have Well, if we get if we get both, if we get if we get Russ and Buddy. Well, that would like... that would hinge on Schroeder doing a sh- uh, sign and trade deal and it doesn't look like He's willing to well, do that. He's also looking at other teams. So I mean, we'll he's see. looking. I mean, he's looking at other teams. But the thing is, like, the market right now. So I mean, just looking at the free agent market right now, with Chris Paul, if Chris Chris Paul staying in Phoenix, Conley staying with the Jazz, we have Lonzo going to Chicago. You have Dinwiddie. Looks like he's going to New Orleans, from what, what I'm reading here. And like, there's very the the point guard market's drying up. And Schroeder might be left in the cold where if the Wizards want a point guard, they might have to take Schroeder. Oh, my God, that's the Knicks music. Dun, 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 dun. With yeah. the cap space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where, the, that's where the Knicks come in and just pay Schroeder $20 million max contract. Because that, that, I think that's the only way you guys would be able to get healed is with a sign-in trade that involves yeah, of course. Schroeder. So that's, um, so, so that's – the, apparently the the Kings also want to make this deal work. So the rumor is that they're looking for a third team. So if that third team ends up being the Knicks, I mean, like oh, there's we'll there's a lot of options to make this work. I just there but, there has been a clear to me there has been a clear template with LeBron for how to win around. Oh LeBron yeah, of how to win around LeBron. Yes, yes, you have to have some. But Anthony Davis is the perfect big guy to put next to LeBron. And then you surround LeBron with shooters. And if one of those shooters is also a decent ball handler that could get his own, that's even more of a cherry on top of the cake, right? But I mean, Westbrook I think, for as great as I think West, I think Westbrook's all going to benefit in the regular season too because um, LeBron can go to the bench and maybe there yeah. there won't be nights where the Lakers just completely have their boat well, sank a, because LeBron too. That's goes the thing to the too, bench. like. So, like, there's a stat that with LeBron on the court, the Lakers have the second-best offense in the league, and then with him off the court, they have the 28th-best offense in the league. Mm-hmm. But you're te- are, are you telling me that if, if we add Russell Westbrook to, that te- to, the, to the roster that we had last year, if you replace him with Schroeder, do we have the 28th-worst offense in the league? No, you would probably, probably be like 15th or something like that, which is, you know, yeah, which remarkably is good enough. Upgrade. Yeah, it's good enough. It's good enough so that's, for sure. That's, that's kind of what I mean of like, look, there's benefits and there's there's detractors. Like again, I'm not the biggest Russell Westbrook guy. I have a lot of faith in him, and I I, I but in love the playoffs. I just I love I love watching Russell Westbrook because I think that he's incredible to watch. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Yeah. But do I want him on my team? No. But well, I have to deal with him team. now, and I <laughs> I know I have to deal with him now, and I don't think that it's. I think there's good and bad. I don't have any positively or negatively strong thoughts on this but i think that it at, at, at the end of the day it's still a net positive for us it's just a matter of how much of it this is you're, a in, net the, you're in the you're in the lakers you're in the lakers stage of talking yourself into the, talking yourself <laughs> into the deal i could hear it <laughs> because you just said if he was on my team no <laughs> yes because i just i've just had that for so long because i i have i have in my head in my mental picture i have him dribbling the ball going one on three with Harden and Durant in the corners and it's 
And you don't think he's going to do that with LeBron and Anthony Davis? <laughs> he's older now. He's older no, now. No, he's he said knows. this for the last three years. He does the same shit. <laughs> he's never going to well, change. He is who he is. He's going to take – He is. there is going to be a game, a nationally televised game, where the Lakers are down two, and there's going to be – 30 seconds left in the game, 14 on the shot clock, so the Lakers will have time to get the rebound or to foul or whatever. And Westbrook's just gonna jack up a 35 footer with. So the- this is the. So this is my favorite. This is my favorite shit. The the right when we traded for him, there's this tweet that went out. And Whoa, I laughed so hard. shit! What? Evan Fournier just agreed to a four year, 78 million dollar deal with the New York. Holy Knicks. shit! <laughs> the Knicks. The Knicks spending Holy money. Holy shit! <laughs> this is a, this is a next deal cap space baby <laughs> oh my this, god i'm turning this out right now this is this is this is the most next deal ever <laughs> oh my god i'm sorry i I did not mean to cut you off but that had me <laughs> jesus bro 480 that i mean duncan robinson's making 590 i would have i i mean it's a I wouldn't do this deal, but if you're asking me, would I have this deal or Duncan Robinson's deal? Well, actually, no. That's a tougher question than I thought. Damn. Oh my god, that's a lot of money. Okay, let's wrap up this Lakers thing real quick. <laughs> okay, Holy so what were you saying? Shit. I don't even remember. <laughs> that's a lot of money. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wait a minute. Four seventy-eight. Wow, bro, that's a lot of money. Holy shit! Uh, one last like, <laughs> one last Laker thought. I just in the playoffs. Oh, I remember now. Oh, Continue. sorry. You go ahead. You go ahead before. So there's a tw- there's a there's a tweet that came out like right after we made the deal. It was like, all right, tie game, timeout. And Vogel goes, all right, let's get the ball to LeBron. And LeBron goes, all right, cool. Everyone got the plan. Wait, where's Russ? And then he turns around and it's check ball, and it's just Russ sprinting down the court. <laughs> By himself, <laughs> just waiting to inbound the ball. Like, all right, it's my time. It's my time to shine. <laughs> I just think in the play is the Lakers are going to be playing a good amount of zone, and then teams are going to be playing a lot of zone against oh, the Lakers yeah. if they start two I mean, centers. This is this is why I'm hoping that like we either we sign more shooters. Like the mellow deal is interesting to me. Um. Again, I think I think if Mello brings USA, to, like you know USA Mello or like the the Tim, the uh, Blazers Mello that just stands in Mello. that, that just stands in the corner and stands in the corner and shoots and has some you know mid range uh, game, I think that can help a lot. In the playoffs, I'm just I could already see teams just like what the Lakers did to the Rockets in the second round se- in the second round series in the bubble. They are just going to be like, all right, Russ, go for it, shoot that shit. I dare you. And he'll be like, okay, much obliged. <laughs> and he'll just keep shooting it. And that's what they're going to do to the Lakers. Uh, I don't know. We'll see, though. Um, it'll definitely help for the regular season. But I think the playoffs, it's just going to it's gonna hinder. I, it's going to be a well, hindrance. I think, I think in the playoffs, like, it just shifts to LeBron AD anyway. Like, that's what, it, that's what happened during the bubble, too. Like, it just shifts to, like, all right, everything's LeBron AD. This is, this is where the ball goes. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if Russ will go with that. But uh, I mean, I hope. I mean, he might. And like, look, I'm hoping they had a nice dinner, and I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping that, that dinner to... was not. LeBron paid for. I'm the hoping tab. that dinner. They had a five thousand dollar bottle of Cabernet. By the way, I do. I do 
want to say I do want to say shout out to Duds and shout out to LeBron for taking Kuz out to to lunch for his last like as a goodbye lunch because that's cool. I don't really <laughs> see players doing that. For the last good, like they thank you for your services. Get out. No, no. I'm yeah. Do you, do you see that they they took him to lunch? Yeah. Like, that, you know. No, I did. I did see that. They, like that to me, that's, that's super nice. cool. Yeah. That's, like you know, they did win a championship together, so it'd be kind of yeah. You know, like yeah, I, I am. I am happy for. Uh, I'm happy. You know, I I do want to see Kuz like succeed, even though he, even though um, even though he probably is you know like a lot of players better than what he thinks he is and he does you know bleach his hair and all that stuff uh you know you gotta live your life you live your best life kuz gotta stop bleaching hair man he someone did a stat someone looked actually looked up stats kuz plays like (laughs) his stat his stats are twice what they are with the with the dark hair than it is with the bleached hair like you gotta that's stop like doing a, that. That's like a Reddit shit post from like 2013. <laughs> it's like somebody, uh, like one of the most famous shit posts on our NBA was how many points would LeBron have, or what would be LeBron's season averages if he just played in sandals? <laughs> and, someone actually, <laughs> and someone actually did the math on like what would what if it was like first of all what type of sandals would they be? Also, like we have to calculate how hard it is to play in sandal. <laughs> it's so good. But uh, so next free the big free agency domino I think that was obviously I think it was the first and big one, <clears throat> and we all kind of knew ahead of time. But uh, Kyle Lowry going to the Miami Miami, it, we don't and they know also the signed d- Jimmy Jimmy B to a big extension too. That so. uh, that that contract is going to be. I mean, Jimmy's a hard worker, and I'm sure he'll do whatever he can to preserve his body, but. His jump shot disappearing and his style of play that I think that contract's gonna be fucking terrible. I mean, by like year look, two. we we said this about the Russ contract. We said this about the Chris Paul contract. I've said too many times that this contract is terrible and untradeable to and been proven very wrong. No contract so in the league is untradeable. Anymore. No contract in the league is untradeable anymore. Yeah, I just I'm just. Think- I'm just I'm just done saying that because I just know it's burned me before. Every time I, think, I say something, I don't. I think it's di- with Russ. It was different because like Russ is like one of the most physically physical anomalies the game has ever seen. Right, Chris Paul. I was dead wrong on. I thought that contract. I thought the Rockets when they gave him that extension was terrible. Um, I was dead wrong on that. Uh, but I don't know. Just. Jimmy Butler's going to be making $50 million in the last year of that contract as a 38-year-old, I think. That's that's crazy. But uh, Bro, Chris Paul just had a four-year extension today. I know. He's going to be 40 when that four-year, $120 million extension ends. Um, but I Jesus do theoretically Christ. like the... I do theoretically like the Lowry signing for the Heat. I think that does make him better. Uh, I think Lowry's a really smart player, a really good player, um, even with at his age at 35. I think him and Chris Paul have kind of broken the mold in terms of small point guards. Now, Lowry's play style is a little bit different than Chris's. Lowry is definitely more physical. He's willing to take more charges. He barrels into the hoop, so I don't know how long that style will last. But it's still a good signing for the Heat, nonetheless. They needed somebody that could create off the dribble. Uh, obviously, he's a point guard; he could set the table for people. Um, running action with Bam is nice, 
And they did keep Duncan Robinson, even though that price was really, really high. Uh, they have been, they do have the core of a very good offense now, or at least a base formula for a for a good offense. But um, I don't know if that's not gonna. To me, that's not gonna put them in the contender range, though, with Milwaukee and Brooklyn. I don't think. No, 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 no. not even close. But um, I do like the Lowry signing, though. I think that I. It did seem like the Heat. Were I think both. it just gives them more. I think it just gives them more consistency. I think mm-hmm. as good as Dragic was, and I do want to state that I I really do like Goran Dragic. I just think he wasn't healthy last year, and he hasn't been healthy yeah. the last couple. He of took years. a step back last year, and definitely yeah. from the bubble too. Yeah. So I mean, you know, look, it, you're to me, you're basically replacing a, a player. To me, the avail- the availability is so such an important thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so being able that having having a player that's doesn't miss a lot of games that plays all hard. You know, I think, I think that's a huge thing for them. So, Oh Lord. But, and again, he, he fits that heat, that heat mindset. Oh God, what do you see now? Uh, Derek Rose signed a three year, $43 million deal to return to the New York Knicks. Oh my God. They are, uh, they're just spinning. I mean, have you, you've heard that future song blow a bag. The Knicks are blowing their bag today. <laughs> they're just spending money on these players. I mean, Fournier and Rose help with their shot creation issues. That's just a lot of money. Like that is just a lot of money. 14 mil a year for Derrick Rose. As much of a resurgence as he's had, 19 and a half for Evan Fournier. That was probably 2 million more than what he was projected to make, but that's still that's a lot of money. Jesus. So so with the so the, with the Knicks out now, the only two teams with cap space left to sign Dennis are San Antonio Spurs, yeah. and and OKC. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's and, going back to OKC. No, neither. I don't think any of them want Dennis. Mm-hmm. Well, so sign and trade might see, be their the only Knicks, option. Let's see. The Knicks have had $50 million in cap space. So they spent 34 of it on Rose and Fournier. So they would still have $16 million left. Dennis wants twenty. Yeah, and Dennis wants twenty. Oh, he really, he really did screw himself out of that potential extension with the Lakers. Yeah, that four, he really did. Was that that four eighty four that was being offered for him? Um, man. Oh, so reports are now saying that the Wizards are trying to expand the trade to include Dennis. That means adding a third team. Mm-hmm. So you know, if we if they flip Coos to Sacramento. Yeah, that would yeah like that would picks. be maybe. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> again, this is <laughs> it's like two this hours getting... of the free agency. And it's already <laughs> this is getting, this is getting of, spicy. It's man, I, I can't that I can't believe I can't believe I audibly reacted to an Evan Fournier deal. <laughs> Jimmy But oh I, this this tweet Jimmy Butler signing the max one eighty four mil. He better give free lattes moving forward. I ain't paying for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh man i i mean that heat team no is... oh caruso to the bulls oh Car- <laughs> oh oh i just saw it four years 30 step damn pain oh no that's that is actually that is actually a sizable loss for the lakers and chris is inconsolable right now guys 
that is if that I'm... if you don't know what the silence is right now that is chris <laughs> just looking into what looking off yonder <laughs> wondering what, what i'm what so wrong. upset i'm so upset <laughs> <laughs> i just heard a no i was like uh-oh <laughs> something, no something happened my body damn who are you guys gonna have to actually guard guards <laughs> Uh, we're gonna have a time machine. We're gonna put. We're gonna do you, put, do you want a fre- put, do you want a freshly used thirty six year old Danny Greenback? That's the rumor. Because uh, if you didn't see Game One of the Hawks Sixers game where Trey Young lit up Danny for twenty five points in the first half, <laughs> there's your film right there <laughs> to to answer your question if he could guard people anymore. <laughs> Jesus. Damn, you are, uh, you, are I don't know. you are shooketh. I'm shook. I don't know how we're gonna. That's a big. That's a big piece. That is a. That is a big deal. I am gonna be very interested to see how the Lakers fill out the rest of this roster. <laughs> Man, if we, I'm very curious. If we don't get healed, I'm very curious of what happens now. Like now, getting healed is like the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Get. Yep. And you know, I wouldn't mind. Uh, I wouldn't mind the Sixers. You know, trading a nicely, freshly minted Tobias Harris contract for Heald and Harrison Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually. So I actually, I I don't. I at risk of making myself fall for the Bulls again. <laughs> I do like Lonzo and Caruso going to the Bulls. <laughs> Because yeah, I I like it. Because uh, what again, if, you're you're talking you're talking to me, man. Because <laughs> what have we? What have I always said about the Bulls? They just need a passer, somebody that's the rug and the big Lebowski, something that just ties the room together. And I think not relying on Thaddeus Young to be your primary playmaker. It was a great move of ingenuity by the Bulls coaching staff, but you don't want to do that like that's not that should not be your primary plan is to oh we have a lack of good passers we're gonna make Thaddeus Young the hub of our offense as your backup plan I do like that Lonzo can add some passing to that team I do like that Caruso is a very good defender at the guard position and I do wish he was a more consistent of a shooter but that could always correct itself or he could always work on it but um I like what the Bulls are doing. Still don't know what the hell the Pelicans are doing, but uh, that's just David Griffin in a nutshell. I I don't know what David Griffin is doing all the time anyway. I just think you should have just brought Lonzo back, but um, he wanted to pursue Lowry. He's wasted money on the Steven Adams deal, um, but, you know, it is what it is. But uh, I like what the Bulls – I kind of like what the Bulls are doing right now. I'm not going to lie. Now, obviously, this is – hour two and a half into free agency so i don't want to like you know jump to big conclusions in these teams that haven't even been final or i'm sure teams haven't even been done making moves yet but so yeah. far so good for the bulls but uh, i am sorry yeah. about your loss <laughs> it's okay so most important stat so far uh that uh, shams is in the lead nine to six over Woj. <laughs> Just saw that on Twitter. Shams really did uh, curb stomp Woj on the uh, Westbrook news. Oh yeah, by the way, 
Like that was that was hilarious. and that was it, it was called on this podcast too. Like like uh Woj does not famously does not have any LeBron connections and Shams is literally signed with Clutch Sports. <laughs> so it doesn't surprise me that Shams was just like, "All right, go ahead, tweet out the Lakers are close to getting Buddy Heal." Oh, you guys are getting Russ. All right, word. Uh, I'm, gonna tweet word. This, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tweet this news out real quick. <laughs> like that. The best that was, part was they were going, they were going back, back and forth for a little bit, and then, and then Woj all of a sudden switched it to Westbrook, and I was like, oh. I was like, oh, he switched it back. <laughs> it's too late, Woj. Shams got it first. It is kind of funny that uh, there's like a game. I mean, obviously, I don't, I don't think Shams and Woj think of it. Oh, actually, I don't doubt that they do think of it that way because you don't get to being a top NBA newsbreaker without being extremely competitive, right? Yeah. And Woj is infamously competitive with shit. Um, so I, so I imagine he was pretty pissed <laughs> when his protege, his uh old padawan shams they both used to work together at yahoo um when shams out scooped him on the westbrook news <laughs> but yeah, that's it's a uh, it's pretty good shams is shams coming up man yeah shams has been uh <laughs> the last few summers it's been a it's been a entertaining to say the least um bobby portis coming back to the bucks uh at a on a two-year I thought he nine mil- two-year nine million dollar deal like that is yeah, he, really cheap. I feel like I feel like he could have gotten more somewhere else. I feel like he, he took a home down discount. But uh yeah. nothing says I guess, you know, you can't put it for some people you can't put a price on happiness and uh, stability. And yeah. Bobby was a key member of the uh Bucks playoff run last year. So and I mean, if he if I was getting Jordan Jordan chance in a city that he embraced me and stuff like that that would probably sway me like he was getting bobby chance in the playoffs uh that was like one of the last things i would have expected to see in the 2021 nba season even though i liked the bobby portis signing when it happened i was like oh if he's on like a contender to get him to fit in his role i'm sure with his skill set i'm sure he could do decent i didn't expect him to be like a major major contributor um uh, but yeah, good for Bobby. I'm glad he's back on the uh, glad he's back on the Bucks. Um, Doug McDermott going to the Spurs, a three-year, forty-two million dollars. Um, There's another team that's know that you can't get Dennis. Well, that dep- how much do you know how much cap space the Spurs have? I know they had a, they had a lot, but um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, it's just another it's just another guard and another like his yeah. market like Schroeder's market is just drying up. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not a yeah. The options are closing in for uh, for Dennis Schroeder here. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I'm just I'm just waiting for the Sixers to kind of do something. Um, they did resign Corkmaz for three years, fifteen. I will say, I am glad that uh, the Sixers are not trading Ben just to trade him. Because I think that w- would have been the worst thing to do, is to trade Ben to trade him. I don't know how awkward it's going to be if he does come into training camp. I mean, it does matter, but also to me, it doesn't really matter. Like it's like, okay, he's under contract for four years. He's still a talented player. Just you know, he helps you win a lot of regular season games. Just you know, if there's not a right deal out there, don't deal him. I wouldn't do a deal that like everybody had that CJ McCollum 
Ben Simmons trade uh, basically since the Sixers got knocked out of the playoffs. I would not do that deal straight up. I, ju- I just wouldn't. I think that's a that's a lateral move at best, and at worst, that's just a huge step back because at least with Simmons and Embiid, the Sixers have an, a defensive identity. <clears throat> My thing is, I mean, the only reason I'd say trade Ben Simmons is because the past decisions from previous front offices have made it so that Simmons is really only our blue chip asset left to trade. We don't have all of Hinky's draft picks anymore. We've made terrible mistakes with contracts, Al Horford being one of them. Then we let Jimmy Butler walk after trading away two starters, et cetera, et cetera. Simmons is now our only blue chip asset to trade. So that's why I think, you know, trading him would be the best option. But I would really trade Tobias Harris first. Like, that would be my – if 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 it was a Tobias Harris for a C.J. McCollum swap straight up, I would do that because you would get your scoring from different areas of the floor. Tobias likes to operate in the same spots usually that Simmons and Embiid do, and he doesn't take enough threes, which is always the most frustrating part about Tobias. He doesn't shoot enough threes. He doesn't – he doesn't even like chuck him semi-contested. He just he he took three threes a game last year. That's like less than some sinners who have no business taking threes. Like <laughs> that's 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 insane to me. Like I guess you less keep than that. Steven Adams. Yeah. So like seriously. <laughs> um, but I'm glad the Sixers haven't. I'm glad the Sixers are doing the thing where they ask high, and, and then eventually I think they'll come down low to a price. But um, do you think they move him this season, Ben? I mean, hmm. Ben and Ben or Tobias? I think because hmm. it's looking like they're not moving and they're just going to stay. I think Ben and Tobias are going to. I don't know about this season, but I think Ben and Tobias well, are going to be on. I think they're going to come into the season on the Sixers roster. Do you think we trade them at the end? Like, or you, do you think you trade them in trade line or closer or like you have a hardened situation? Where if they, the, if the get... Dame and Beal situations, I think it's tough to say because I do think Daryl, at least from reporters that I've been reading, Kyle Newbeck, Derek Bodner, of course, um, who covered, do a great job covering the Sixers. Um, it just sounds like Daryl's just waiting for one of those two stars to get grumpy and ask for a trade. And then by the trade deadline, they could probably work something out. Um, so I think probably by the seat, it, it honestly depends on if Dame gets pissed off and decides to ask for a trade, honestly. Um, so I, I don't have the answer to that question. I do think both of them are going to be on the roster by the time training camp comes around. And then it's going to get... <laughs> It's going to get interesting because the minute like Ben Simmons goes like 0 for 4 and from the free throw line in a regular season game, it, uh, the boos are just going to start clamoring down in Philly. I can already feel it. <laughs> it's going to be all over Twitter. It's going to be all over Sports Center. He's going to brick a free throw and the fans are just going to boo the shit out of him. Like the thing is like I mean, you I mean, I'm sure you agree with this to some extent like Simmons clearly has elite skills that are conducive to help to winning, that, to winning basketball yeah. games. But obviously he has one. He has a some major kind of flaw. mental capacity. Well, yeah. He's always had the flaw that he can't shoot. 
But now, for some reason in the Hawks series, it, it wasn't even the jump shot in the Hawks series. He just, he crumbled. Like, he wouldn't attack the rim. He shot like shit from the free throw line. So that means he wasn't attacking the rim also because of that. And then when he got to the line, you could clearly see he was, there was a mental, he, well, he admitted it too in one of his post-game pressers. Like, he said it was all mental for him. So, like, to me, it was more, like, I'm sure people are taking their victory lap. The people who are in the crowd of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are an awful fit together. I don't think it was the the tenuous fit, quote unquote, of those two stars as to why the Sixers bowed out of the playoffs. It's just because Joel Embiid played well. Ben Simmons just, he didn't even play average. Like if we had an average Ben Simmons in that for the last four games of that series, we're going to the conference finals. It's just that he was taking four shots a game and zero shots in three straight fourth quarters and passed up a wide open dunk because of Yikes. noted shot blocker Trey Young. <laughs> like I don't know. I hope I hope like it lights a fire. I mean I mean I'm we're asking for a lot at this point, but like he clearly works on this stuff but for some reason it just won't translate to him doing it on the basketball court and that's the frustrating part and also some of it's on him there's like an unwillingness for him to change and get uncomfortable like he's not afraid to like he's afraid to fail like if you want to talk about like first of all comparisons to Simmons and Giannis should just stop like at the first drop of a hat right like they are not the same player but if there's one thing Simmons could pick up from Giannis, and it's hard to do because I think it's a unique skill, is that Giannis is not afraid to fail. Like you'll see, hey, that's a skill. That's just your mental fortitude here. That like, it, you can give but it like, it, I think it is a skill because think about it. How many people? Because like we could all say we don't care. We don't care what people say. But deep down, every a lot of people care about what people say. I really do. When Giannis says he doesn't care, like I believe him. Like when Kobe says he doesn't care what people thinks, what people think about him, I believe him. Like I do care. I do think people. LeBron cares about what people think about him. Like I think, like KD definitely cares. Katie <laughs> definitely cares what people think about him. Like there's just few, a few few of those guys just have that mental fortitude to just not care about what people yeah. think about him, and that is, and but on the very far side of the spectrum Simmons is afraid to fail and I think that's to a detriment like real like I you want to be efficient you want to be effective in the game but you got to take risk too like that's part of trying to win a basketball game and I wish I hope Simmons has figured some stuff out this summer that's all I'll say hopefully yeah, hopefully. I mean, we got to trade him eventually if he doesn't approve. We got to maximize Embiid's prime, man. Time is running out. He's 27 yeah. already. Jesus, this time flies, but. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, the news is flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let's see. I'm scrolling through the – I'm scrolling through uh, – Woj and Shams is a Twitter right now. Gary Trent Jr. going back to the Raptors. Um, JaVale McGee going to the, going to the Phoenix Suns. Olymp- Olympian JaVale McGee. Olympian JaVale. Did you see his uh, 
you see his IG video that he, with uh with Bam? He was just like, "Hey, what does Bam stand for?" And Bam was just like, "By any means necessary." He's like, "Oh, so it's short for something?" He's like, "Yeah, I said it was short for something." And Javel was like, "I thought your name was like Bamonte or something." Bamonte. <laughs> like that's why that's why Javel McGee's on the team. Like he's the uh, he's the chemistry guy. Like on the yeah, team. of course. Like he's you, perfect you, for that, and you always you always need that. But um, I like low key. I like that the Nuggets got Jeff Green, um, and also they brought back Jamichael Green. So that way, you know, they hoarded all the Jay Green, so people in the media and people who observe the game won't be confused about which Green Jay Green <laughs> is which. Um, but Noah, I I really. <laughs> The Jamal Murray injury bums me out, man, uh, because um, I really thought the Nuggets I, – I really was going to pick the Nuggets to come out of the West, um, especially how they came out clicking on all cylinders immediately after the Aaron Gordon trade. And um, now we probably won't see Murray. We're going to see – there's still going to be a um, – there's still going to be like a lag effect from – these past two seasons being so condensed together because Kawhi's not going to be back. Murray's not going to be back. There's going to be a bunch of injuries that happened last year that are just going to bleed into next season. And um, we might be seeing much of the same stuff in terms of like, there are probably going to be a lot of nights where there's going to be a lot of blowouts. I feel. Yeah. It's a, uh... Man, this league, this this year's gonna be super interesting. I'm so like, man, this is so weird. This year's this year's nuddy. I and uh, I, it's also weird because I don't, <laughs> I don't have the Suns as like a lock to come out of the West again either. No, like I think the Suns, I think the Suns are actually, oddly enough, I don't think they, I don't think they got worse, but I think the other teams around them are getting better. <laughs> yeah. And just I, dropping like, them by honestly, proxy. Honestly, I, I don't want to say anything about the Lakers. I want to see how they look first. Because um, I really, I do not like the Westbrook trade. I, I'm just going to plant my flat, my B.O.B. Sure. flag on this podcast right now. Just not a fan of the Westbrook trade. Um, I thought if they had traded for healed, I would have been, uh, been like, oh, shit. If they still get healed, if Davis moves down to the center, which it sounds like he will, and LeBron moves to the four, and they get healed on top of Westbrook, then I might, I might, you know, I might be standing over the chef's shoulder in the kitchen, seeing how he puts the ingredients together, because then that'll be interesting. But um, THT playing small forward. Yeah. Wait, what? THT playing small forward. THT playing. Oh God. I mean, he has the. I, I mean, I guess he has the body size to do. That's just out of position. <laughs> what is he six his, five? Yeah, but his arms. But are his arms are like seven feet. Yeah, his, he has the <laughs> arms of a seven footer. So I, I mean, yeah, I guess. Um, but uh, eight to me, AD really needs to. Uh, well, one, I hope AD's been a uh, you know figuring out ways to, uh, you know, slim down, get in shape, and all that stuff. Because I do to, think to me. To me, I want AD to play the four in the regular season, and I want to play the five in the playoffs. That's what I want. I think he needs to play more of the five in the in the regular season. I mean, yeah, maybe you start nominal, nominally you start somebody at the five for like five minutes, but that spacing is going to be so cramped. Uh, I mean, that I think I think I'm curious to see how Marcus All works with 
Westbrook. I think that pairing is really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I think just kind of, I think when you have a big, like, I can't, I can't think of. Marcus is still never, on the theme, team, right? Yeah, like he's he's never played with a big like Mark before that can pass the way he can. And so maybe that's incentive to cut in a pick and roll. I mean, yeah, but also like he's played with a good passer in Harden too. And like That's fair. He, but I think it's different when you're playing when you're 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 not naturally playing off of like as a as a point guard, you're not naturally playing off of another guard where with a big, you're naturally playing through that pick and roll. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, we've been. I asking... could see dribble, I, I could see the dribble handoff working out, like dribble handoff, and then cut to the basket, and then there's Mark with the back pass. Shit, Russell Westbrook might run a dribble handoff with himself. He'll just throw the ball to himself. <laughs> and just, <laughs> go to, just go to the rim. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it's one of those things with me. Like, I have to see it to believe it because we've been asking. You got you got you got Russ stuff like I do with. Paul George, you got some Westbrook stuff. In I'm you. a we- I'm a Westbrook centrist. I think his fans are annoying as shit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because it, it's like it's like Kobe fans without the resume or him being as good of a player. <laughs> as hey man, Kobe. don't don't insult Kobe fans. Don't hey, insult me. I'm just saying. Hey, you guys, ride or die with your player. I respect it. Like, I, but so, someone said. Someone said it was. Someone said everyone thought it was annoying. When Laker fans and and LeBron sexuals came together, now we add the Westbrook stands. <laughs> yeah, some as somebody said a uh, what LeQAnon and La and uh, the Q Westbrook fans or something like that. <laughs> like some, yeah, like somebody referred to LeBron as LeQAnon. <laughs> <laughs> Just but, wait, man. This uh, this is getting uh, this oh shit, this is so funny. Uh, Worldwide Wob just tweeted quotes from Kobe White saying may I speak to the manager <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot of <laughs> yeah That's that a... is uh yeah that is a that is interesting <laughs> I mean with Lonzo and Lonzo, Lonzo and Caruso I don't know what happens Levine. to Kobe White's minutes well I don't know what happens to Zach either because he said today that you know he worked his way to being an all-star which is fair he has turned into a very very borderline elite offensive player um defense another story of course but uh he said he feels like he's earned what he's deserved they haven't given him an extension yet he's going to be a free agent next summer once he declines his player option i think he's making like 19 mil which is an absolute steal like i remember the kings a few years ago uh or offered a restricted free agency contract to Zach Levine and Kings fans were losing their shit. Like they were like, no, we do not want Zach Levine. And then Levine turned into a really good offensive player uh, and exactly the type of player the Kings need. (laughs) And they were just like, well, well we were wrong on that. (laughs) uh, I would like the Hornets actually speaking of the Kings. I am holding out. I, I keep wanting to, like be like Bart Simpson and write on the chalk chalkboard. I want to give Monty McNair leeway. I want to give Monty McNair leeway. I want to give Monty McNair uh, leeway because he's only been in the position for a year, but like signing Alex Lynn, trading for Tristan Thompson, trading for DeLon Wright by the deadline, which I like DeLon Wright as a player, but now that's kind of, we're seeing it starting to backfire because it's eating into the cap space. They need to resign um, Rashawn, Rashawn Holmes. Like, 
I'm starting to see a lot less avenues for them to bring back Rashawn Holmes. <laughs> and uh, if I'm the Hornets and you have spent 72 games watching Bismack Biombo drop the ball all the time on the pick and roll catch or Cody Zeller getting blocked by the rim on dunks, um, I would be looking at Rashawn Holmes very heavily. Like, they need a center. And I already liked the Kai Jones pick, even though he's raw as hell. Um, showed some shooting touch, but I think he only shot like 33 threes in his time at Texas. He shot 38%, but that's like low volume. Um, if they get somebody like Rashawn Holmes to add to this core of like Lamelo, Book Knight, like I, I'm, I just love so they're letting, Charlotte. They're letting Malik Monk go. Yeah, that's that's a, that. that's a for sure thing. I think Devontae Graham's also gone too. Yeah, their their guard depth. I Rozier they're keeping. I don't know for how long. I guess we'll have to see how Booknight does. Rozier would be a good trade ship too. Yeah. <laughs> so Worldwide Wob is tweeting. Uh, obviously, he's a he's a Knicks fan. He's tweeting all. He's tweeting commentary in uh, cost of Fournier's. Cost so of he Fournier. said. So he quote tweeted the JaVale McGee signing for five million and he said the best signing of the night to be honest, Jamie Chip runner ups biggest liability, backup big man depth has been resolved for the cost of point two five Fourniers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Point <laughs> two five Fourniers. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh can I go back to the draft for a minute? Uh well yeah, this yeah, kind of ties got... this kind of ties in with free agency too. I do low key like the Pistons getting um Kelly Olynyk, because uh, look, I know that's not a that's not a sexy name in terms of a signing or whatever, but um, Kelly Olynyk is a player that has a skill set that will help facilitate the development of these young players in Detroit, and I think I I really want to see Detroit next year, man. I mean, you you got Cade, they're gonna be fun. You got Cade, you got Killian Hayes, you got uh, Jeremy Grant, um. Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, Mason Plumley, they got in that trade. Um, I think he, I mean, anytime you get a good passing big like Mason Plumley, if you remember, he was backing up Jokic in Denver and was kind of like a pseudo Jokic, and not obviously not Jokic, but like they used him in the same spots on the floor because he was a good passer. I think that helps out young guards. Cade is somebody that can help out everybody with his skill set. And, um, I also think Kelly Olynyk is somebody that can pick and pop, stretch the floor. He plays hard, even though he can be really dirty at times. Um, but uh, the Rockets and the Pistons, those are like kind of like the Diet Coke version of what Charlotte could be or what Charlotte was this past year in terms of being everybody's favorite league pass team. I could see myself watching a lot of Rockets and uh, Pistons this year, even though they're oh probably going to take a lot of L's. <laughs> Daniel Tice, four years, thirty-six million to join the Rockets. Ooh, I like Daniel Tice as a player, though. Yeah, but I don't know. About I, four I years, like him not for that money. And that's nine million. That's about what bigs make. That's a, a seven to nine million is about what I nine million would be the max I'd pay for a. It's not going to matter once once Sangoon gets in there and Sangoon gets Sangoon minutes. Nine million dollars is tradable. 
Like, I think you, if the team needs a big, they could stomach the $9 million. If uh, if Sangoon and Garuba end up kicking Daniel Tice's ass in the uh, in training camp. I don't think it's that bad. The number seems big, but when you divide it by four, that's nine mil a year. That's not that's not terrible, I would say. Um, they did also sign David Nuaba, which adds to their stable of wings because I like Jay Sean Tate and I like uh, I like Nuaba too, just for that for that price range. He's um, a good defensive wing. He's a good defensive. They need defensive wings, by the way, because uh, they definitely got some scoring. They're they're not lacking in the scoring department. Um, but like you said, I'm though, curious. Would, I'm curious of what, Derek, of what John Wall we see this year. That, to me, it, it all hinges on John Wall. We're probably going to see a halfway point of old John Wall, like back in the day, John Wall, and old John Wall, like two years into the future, John, John Wall. We're probably we're going to see a half and half of old John Wall. I feel sad. I know, because like I I was when I was doing my Bradley Beal video, I was like looking up. I was looking over old, old Wizards footage. Old, yeah, old Wizards footage and looking up John Wall stats. And he was robbed of his 27, 28, and basically his 29 year old season because of these injuries. Like, that is like, as an athlete, that's when you're like hitting your prime. Like, yeah, that's when, that's you, that's like when you're, that's your when you're athletic enough to know what, what you're doing with it. Yeah. Like you, like you've That's learned everything what to do with together. your body. Yeah, you've learned what you do with your body, and you're still athletic enough to do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, Sad. he could, Dang. but he he'll definitely help out those players though, because like he's a pass first point guard too. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and like I said, I would I would have like loved I would have loved Mobley though for sure. I would have loved to see the 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 uh, wall pick and roll with Mobley. I think that would have been so much fun. The Cavs, I'm telling you, man, they lucked out. I, I think, I really, I truly believe, like Mobley has oh my God. just as much of a chance as Cade to become the best player out of this draft. I so do I. And so the the thing is with me too is like, if the Rockets took Mobley, I honestly don't know what the Cavs do at three. They probably would have. I think it sounded like they would have taken Jalen Green. Um it, that like, that is what that is the uh, that is the vibe. When you're talking about when you're talking about fit, like Mobley gives them everything that they are missing, the where guys. everyone else is just like yeah, where you, yep. you're just like everyone else is just like oh, I guess I guess we can make it work. Yeah, and they they also extended Jared Jared Allen too, and it's it's twenty million a year, but honestly, Jared Allen's a really good player. Like if yeah. you look at what Clint if you look at what Clint Capella meant to the hawks like that is the template jared allen can easily follow dude if you if you put mobley and allen at the four or five mm-hmm. that's that's a formidable front court yeah my only my only tiny gripe and it's positive overall i like the pairing is that while mobley is 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 a while mobley is too skinny to play the five right now i do think mobley would have done well with a lot of reps at five just to, uh, you know, get hit just to put him through the reps. But, um, well, I think it, he'll it, still play his, five. He'll still play to five. Me, his, and it'll fit. His trajectory to me is exactly what Anthony Davis is, is, was where you play four early until you bulk up and then you can play the five, but you're, you're, you probably can't do that the entire season. You probably still need, you'll probably do it for the important games or important moments, but I'd still rather you play the four. Mm-hmm. Like to me, he, he yeah. has that Anthony Davis archetype. Yeah, right now he needs to be. Yeah, right now he'll definitely play the four. But 
Can you just imagine when he's like 25 and he's filling out? Like he has the body to put on some weight too. I just Mobley's going to oh, be yeah. a fantastic player. Like it's going to I think he can pass too. Like he, like he he showed well he shot 30% from 3, but like he has the touch to do it like I just he the sky is the limit for that kid. I truly believe that. Um I almost want to be like Jonathan Sharks and put I wanted to be like Jonathan Sharks and put Mobley over Cade as the best player in the draft, but like shot creation from the wing is so important in today's NBA and they are the guys who have the ball in their hands that like Cade kind of won by default, but I truly believe and also it's the big man in me. But I truly believe like getting a special big like that changes the calculus for a team. You just got to, you know, build right around them. And I think the Cavs definitely have the guards to do that now with um, with uh, Sexton and Garland. And then Isaac Okoro um, really showed flashes as a as a uh, defensive wing, at least. He needs to get that shot down. But um, there was like there was like a two month stretch where the Cavs were one of the best defensive teams in the NBA and then injuries and being young, you know, they obviously, they, they just fell apart, but like this front, this starting five of Garland, Sexton, Okoro, uh, Mobley and Jared Allen, like they could put together like a top 12 defense. Like I like the play in is definitely not out of the question for them. And I know there's, a mandate in Cleveland now to start winning. Like, you know, obviously winning's relative. Winning relative to the playoffs. Cavaliers. Yeah, go to the yeah. playoffs. Go right. to the playoffs. Go to the play-in. And I think that's kind of the pathway they have to take because I think J.B. Bickerstaff runs a very vanilla offense. And so to spice up that vanilla, you need to have some players that can do some crazy shit. And I think Mobley falls into that category. Garland falls into that category with his range. Sexton is just an efficient 24 points a game. Like they have players to kind of like spice up the offense, even though the scheme isn't creative, but defensively that team there's, there could be some nights where like, say the Cavs play teams that are under them. They could just bottle them up and send them out into the ocean with their defense. Yeah. I really like Mobley, man. I'm I'm full, I'm all in on him. Him and Kane, I'm all in on. Yeah, definitely. It, like the Pistons and the Cavs, like Bravo for those fan bases. And Cade wanted to be. Well, I mean, what else is somebody supposed to say that's going to be the number one pick? But it seems like Cade has really embraced Detroit. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm so happy that he came out and was very uh very like I want to be here. I want to like you know I want to go to the smaller market but i mean like look detroit it's not like detroit it's not like they're a no-name franchise like they have a history they have history it's the bad boys pistons or yeah uh, of course and then of course you know the the mid-2000s pistons teams that made it to what like six straight eastern conference finals like and two nba finals two back-to-back nba finals appearances like the pistons do have some history like We kind of like lump them in together with the, uh, we lump them in with like the Minnesotas and all of the smaller market teams. But Detroit's a pretty good market, and they have history of uh, badassery in terms of nasty defensive teams. Or if you want to go all the way back to the Bad Boys Pistons, just playing some fucking football and taking out people. <laughs> yeah, 
no, totally with you. And I think like if we can, I think the I think the league is good when like a like not legendary franchise, but like when a franchise like the Pistons is good. Yeah. And also like, yeah. I mean, like, we, well, obviously like the the most the important ones are like L.A. Like Lakers, Celtics, and the Knicks have to be good. Mm-hmm. Sixers, I think the Sixers. I put the Sixers in that mix too. Yeah, the Sixers um, are definitely a historic franchise. Yeah, like I, you know, like when when the late when the historic NBA teams are good, it just makes the whole league better. And I, I love that. Okay, okay, again, the Warriors being dominant for so long, it's it's good to have like fresh blood in there, or whatever. But like, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like we mentioned, I we mentioned it last pod, but just having two different teams in the finals, it was just so refreshing to see when it was in like we knew. It was going to be LeBron versus well for a while it was LeBron versus whatever team LeBron was on versus the Warriors, yeah. um, but I but I, I do think there's value in like having these large historic fan bases like activated. Oh, I agree. Again. I agree. And like Detroit, Detroit is a huge part of that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of Pistons fans, and there's a huge kind of history to the Pistons. Like so, having them the, have, we saw when the Knicks had their when they even though they lost to the hawks in five like that crowd was jumping in madison yeah garden like it's great it was good to have like the knicks back i know like yes espn and media at large has done a terrible job just only focusing on the big market teams and stuff like that but there's a reason why they focus on the big market teams like they have the largest huge like those fan bases are huge, but like we do need to focus on the other teams too. But like, let's not act like you know the league isn't better when those other te- those historic franchises, those bigger market franchises, are relevant. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Like when the LeBron, yeah, like, I, like when LeBron I, signed with the Lakers, like you felt a buzz, like a different kind of buzz back in the NBA. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's good, and I think like Cade. Cade wanting to be that guy for the Pistons, I think, is huge. I think is a lot of buy-in, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of trust. It's going to help out Killian Hayes too a lot. Yeah, I think they're going to. I I want to see the lineups with them together. I think that's going to be really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for it. I'm just hoping Killian can stay healthy. Yeah, that that's the that's the um, <clears throat> that's the main thing with uh, Killian because he's. I mean, he's still kind of raw, and I know he's <laughs> he's got the Kevin O'Connor label because Kevin O'Connor had him no- ranked number one. Yes. In the uh, w- that was a 2020 draft, and yeah, um, last year. Yeah, the 2020 draft, and um, he's kind of like I get the appeal. He's a lefty. Shout out lefty gang. Um, you know, lefty gang. He's a he's a, he was a good passer in the league that he played in. He has size, but like he's not necessarily the quickest. Um. You know, I mean, him and Cade have a lot in common. Yeah, but honestly, I think with the team Cade played on, maybe his athleticism wasn't on display enough because, like, defenses were so focused on Cade that Cade is already so patient in his game that he can get to his spots even if the defense is keyed in on him. But we never got to see, like, he might not be – an elite elite athlete but i also don't think we got to see the full extent of his explosiveness either if that makes I agree any that. sense um you yeah, know i agree with that like i think it, i think it'll be interesting to see like I maybe think he that... has a better first step than we thought maybe he can jump a little bit higher than we thought like like i said if cade's floor is chris middleton like 
that was the second best player on a championship team. So uh, the Pistons are solid from that standpoint, if that is the worst case scenario. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's that, I think that's about it for today. I think yeah. there's a lot more news coming, and we'll have a lot more next week to talk about. But <laughs> someone, I think someone we'll have, posted we'll on have Twitter the... an Alex. Sorry, uh, but someone posted an Alex Caruso picture of uh, him slow is like an anamorphs thing of him slowly morphing. Oh, into the Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> it says, "Go fulfill your destiny." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, this is a. I'm glad for, I'm happy for Alex Caruso, even though, uh, well, actually, I'm actually kind of laughing at Laker fans. Sorry, but I, I do feel sorry for you as a friend. So uh, I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> that Alex Caruso didn't, you know, sign with your team. That actually was a big loss. But uh, it's just it's just bad management. Like, it's just bad uh, like asset management on our part. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. But yeah, I'm sure more shit's gonna be going down. Um, it seems like a lot of teams are just re-signing all, or a lot of teams are re-signing their players too, um, except for Evan Fournier making nearly eighty million bucks. But um, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll obviously keep an eye out on our Twitter accounts as we provide shitty commentary. Uh, for the rest of the day (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah uh, thank you guys for listening and staying with us and uh, hopefully hopefully I'll get over this Alex Crusoe pain by the time the next episode comes around but uh, we'll see you guys later the B.O.B.